0: The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team.
1: 8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick studios, the most trusted name in automobiles, super wildcard weekend. Got some picks some thoughts on that. Where does Belichick go? Also, I, I did bring back up the, the plan in California to ban tackle football, which they'll phase in over the next couple of years, ban it for kids under the age of 12, and there are youth football coaches that feel like that'll put football players in California, to, particularly as they matriculate, going to put them behind other football players across the country. Now, final thing, and if you like I said, if you want to comment on it, fine. If you don't, that's okay too. I guess just my, my, my final thought on it, because we spent some time discussing it yesterday, that parents aren't always a right, a right about everything. Nobody's right about everything. And parental rights has become a big, big deal in this country. And I don't want to get into all, right. all that. About this particular subject, though, this involves a sport, an athletic activity. That the right to choose in something like this, whether you, your, your son or daughter plays tackle football when they're under the age of 12, that, number one, you need to do the research, know what the risks are, make that decision. And that needs to be a decision you make along with your, your child about whether or not this is something you, you feel comfortable having them do. I just feel like having things like this legislated. I just have a problem with that. I just don't feel like that's something we that we need state or federal government interference in something involving a youth sport. Now, if we had rampant deaths, okay, that's something that maybe from a you know public safety health standpoint, maybe that that broaches that that's a, that that moves into a different territory. But we don't have that. We do have a lot of research, though, that young brains are still forming, and and that maybe playing tackle footballs certainly not the best thing for that situation. That maybe playing older, playing when they're older, and I think a lot of things have been done over the years in terms of concussion uh, and, and how we approach concussions, concussion protocol, particularly at the at the NFL level, college level, high school level as well. Right. Equipments helmets are better than they used to be. You're never going to make it perfectly safe. You're never going to make skiing or snowboarding or motorcycle riding or, or motorcycle <laughs> riding or or if you if your kids are into cart racing, you're never going to make any of that stuff entirely safe. It's never going to happen. Concussions happen in soccer. Concussions happen in hockey. You're never going to make it entirely safe. And while hockey doesn't, there's been the comparison of, you know, at certain levels, you, kids can't check. And so there's that adjustment to it. I don't know how you can do that with football. That's that's tough to do that with football. Let's go put the pads on, but we're not really going to hit each other. I, I just think that once again, it gets back to parents making, do the research, go to places that, like Boston, you know, Boston University, the, the, the do studies on CTE and on, on head trauma, do the appropriate research on this where you feel comfortable that I'm okay with my kid playing and weigh, weigh the pros and cons of it. But to me, just a blanket mandate for me, and there, there's nothing on the horizon in Colorado that, that this is going to come here. It's a California situation right now. And so it's you know it's not like you have to sound the the warning you know the warning here but if it's going to happen and no state has banned youth football at any level you know, if california becomes the first you know then you have to start looking at okay is this some is this something that starts a trend elsewhere and i just like i said i just feel like in this case that there's that parents in this in this instance the, the, the option to decide should be theirs with their child. Do I feel comfortable with my kid playing football at seven, eight, nine years old? And that, that's a decision that they need to, need to be the ones that make that. Nobody should tell them that.
0: So here's where I kind of stand on
1: it. First of all,
0: I don't have kids. And if ever the day came that I were to have kids, my kids are not playing sports because they're my kids. <laughs> all right. Are
1: you are saying that there's gonna be the what if you marry somebody that's very athletically gifted though and they get they get her genes. Look at me. Well no, i t- look at look at my face well, no, I'm, right now. I'm, is, is this uh-uh. does this face Have you not watched TV sitcoms over the years?
0: Those large, are fiction
1: large <laughs> large men, if you want to follow that, large men find are able to, to marry attractive women. On TV shows, yeah, if they're rich. Just, kid, just kidding. No, I'm not. I'm not going to sell you short, sir. I'm not going to do that. But I anyway, know what you're. But more you, to the point, okay. If you if you have kids, they're probably, in your opinion, they're probably not going to be athletically inclined. More likely than not, okay. my
0: kids are not going to be athletically inclined. Okay. So
1: that to again, just
0: I. Don't feel like I have a dog in this fight is what I'm trying to say, because like I said, I don't have kids and my kids, if they ever were to exist, probably aren't going to be playing football anyway. But if I'm a parent, I think logically 12, 13 years old is probably the age I would be comfortable with them playing a more physical sport like, for instance, tackle football or a more competitive sport, right? You know, doing something of the nature of instead of it's just like t-ball or everybody gets a fruit snack after the game, you know, you start to think about like the teen years as being maybe when they start to think about it being more competitive, right? So I think that age, that line of demarcation, I think that's okay. I think for, for it to... Be that age that they have set in California, if again, if this passes, which we don't even know if it would, yeah, but nonetheless, I think that is the right would be about the right age, I would think for kids, you know, for that to start. And I think any younger I I tend to lean more towards I'd be more comfortable with them doing like say flag football or which has become very very
1: popular and very successful.
0: And and that works cuz you still get you still capture the essence of the game right. but you have considerably less sure you know risk there's still always going to be risk and and especially if your kid is you know if your kid's going out there and playing in a sport there's going to be risk no matter what, right? And it's like you said, there you're never going to make it perfect or make it so that it is, you can guarantee that they're going to be 100%. Say, you just can't. You can't. There's no way you can do that. So as it relates specifically to whether or not we should govern this sort of thing, How many times in the history of the continental United States have we just straight up, I I don't know exactly what the right word, how many times have we handed over parental responsibility to the government? A lot. A lot. The the institution of the school is... Right. and We don't have time to raise our kids on our own. Teachers, <laughs> you take care of it. Schools, yeah. you ta- raise right. our kids for us. By the way, you're raising 30 right. of them at a time. And, and
1: I don't want to get into that whole, that, that whole slippery slope because that's, that's a, a can of worms. I, I know what you're saying, though. This, though, is something that involves an activity, a sport. Right. And to me, this is something that needs to be left to parents to go, okay I'm comfortable with how they run the league learn more about you know if you're to have your kid play football should contact the league and you know go you know and go to a practice maybe don't go out you know the, the year before and, and have take your kid to watch a practice you go out and see what goes on so you have a sense of comfort of of how they're being coached and you know the the the, the, the safety of the sport as as safe as a good you know as, as any sport like football can ever right. be and so I, I just think that there's the, the ability to make that decision and not just you can't, your kid can't play. Kid can't play. Well, that because the government's telling, because a state government's telling you your kid can't play. I just have a problem with that. I do. It's, I, I just think that you should be able to make that decision with your child that, you know, sometimes with kids, they're, they're young and they can't make it alone, but if your kid wants to play football, you have to go well, here's why I think we need to wait
0: i'm gonna and play I'm gonna play devil's advocate and I want you to i want to be very clear here this is purely devil's advocate. I don't actually believe this, but kid can't smoke until he's twenty one should that be a decision that kids well, and parents make that's it that's a rule that yeah, that's, that's a, an
1: activity that's a what about can't drink until they're twenty one that's, that's a what about I know it's a what about <laughs> My kids have but never been. kids have never been allowed, and and I have no problem with that. I mean, kids uh, alcohol, Okay, now you are starting to say is football like alcohol or cigarettes? Some parents, some some people, go, some people probably don't think go kind of overreactionary, and I think that's and they're 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 allowed to have their opinion, and you know from going through my own personal experience with with our son and and what what happened with him, right? With concussions. So it's not it's not like I come at this from, from a completely a, uh, you know don't don't know anything about what I'm talking about because Right. My son you're you're not and make ignorant the decision to, the to, cause, to yeah. not play anymore because he, he had too many concussions and had to quit playing. And that was that was that was a really difficult decision to make. Fortunately he played baseball and he had other sports that he played. That was a really tough decision because he loved playing football. But there got to the point in in some of this. You know, it's, there, there's so many factors that go, go into a, a, an individual being more concussion-prone, certainly. But we had to make that decision. And this was in high school. This was not when he was a little kid or anything. This was high school. Right. You know, what? You know, and I mentioned this the other day, what I have had him play. He, he didn't start playing football. He didn't play super juniors or anything. Didn't play till like fifth or sixth grade, seventh grade around. I think maybe sixth, seventh grade. So it wasn't like he was really, really young playing. And I don't know if play, really, really young kids playing six, seven years old. I don't know if that's, that's the best. I think flag football is still probably, that's just my opinion, probably still the better way to go. I mean, I'm not entirely dismissing some of the things that they, the concerns about this. I'm not poo-pooing that at all. Right. I'm just saying people need to be able to make that decision. It's like having your kids ski or snowboard when they're little kids. That, that's a sport that you, you could really get your kid hurt. Riding motorcycles. I started riding motorcycles when I was seven. There are a lot of people like, that's insane. What were your parents... Why would they ever let you do that? Well, because I wanted one really, really bad. And I, lo- <laughs> I love riding motorcycles. And I'm, I was willing to accept the risks of that. Even when I was seven years old. And, and moreover... Which, which you're- people are going, well, you, you idiot. You were seven years old. You didn't know anything. You, 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 barely, you, you barely knew how to put your shoes on in the morning. Right. Well, yeah, but, but also my, my parents... They they felt comfortable because they they had certain rules about when I wrote it and how, and I had older brothers that were around me when I did, and it wasn't like I they just turned me loose and let me go out in the desert and go ride by myself when I was seven years old. Right. I mean, there was there has to be some things in place, some guide rails here, some some things that that allow this to be something you can do and 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 not have and have some some safety. Protocols, procedures here, they go along with doing something that's hazardous. I know what you're trying to say about the smoking and alcohol thing. It's a nice, tr- nice try. <laughs> but I think it's probably quite a bit different thing here. We're talking about no, I, I know. kids playing a sport. I know, but, and but I, uh, what, I,
0: what I'm what i mostly getting at is it's it's cut from the same cloth as we're trying to protect kids from making... Bad decisions, or at least trying to protect kids from harming themselves long
1: term. And, and guess what? If kids really older kids, they want to get alcohol and cigarettes, uh, they're, they're going pro- They're probably gonna find a way to make that happen.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree,
1: and and I I'm think just not, I'm just reluctant to put football, youth football, in the same category as smoking and drinking. No, I know, I that's. But there's some that probably would would make that to me. Illogical, some probably have a logical leap dangerous sport sure i get that
0: and again i think
1: i think the age
0: of 12 is about when most parents would say yeah i think i'd be comfortable starting my kid right. if he wanted if he wanted to play tackle football i think the the comfortable age i think most parents would agree on would be 12 now do you the question then becomes even if you were comfortable with that being the sort of line of demarcation, are you as comfortable having it be put into a law by a state I, government? I would
1: rather have a, have a league say we're not offering this. I'd rather it be a, a league decision. Parents go, you know what, we, we think maybe it needs to be flag football until, until 9 or 10 or whatever, and then we're going to offer tackle football after that. I'd rather that individuals make that decision, leagues make that decision, youth leagues, than a government body making that decision for parents. That's just, that's just my take on it. And, and when I talk about football, I mean, football, riding motorcycles, skiing, all these things are, are dangerous sports. All, there's, all the, there's always the risk for injury. There's the risk for injury in hockey. Hockey's a dangerous sport. In its own, you know, it, it has its own challenges, own dangers to it. Risks. You I just think you can't, you can't run away from every single thing. You can, you, you can get hit walking across the street. Bad things happen all the time. Ask Regina George. Yeah. <laughs> get hit by a bus. I just, I just think that there's, you know, we, you can't sit around and constantly worry, worry about the risks all the time. Be, be aware of it. Be smart about it. Anyway, got some thoughts today. You can uh, send it to us on the team line, 970-242-1340. Central girls coach Mary Doan coming up in a few minutes. Time to go. Dad! The
0: latest of the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show.
1: All right, so the news breaking this morning. Gerard Mayo is now your new head coach of the New England Patriots after a 24-year reign by Bill Belichick. Gerard Mayo, linebacker coach for the Patriots, is now their new head coach so yesterday they had the presser with uh, Robert Kraft owner of the Patriots and Bill Belichick here's Bill Belichick on (laughs) Bill you you never know if Bill's is he happy is he sad (laughs) because he's always Bill Belichick here's Bill Belichick on saying goodbye and thanking a lot of folks
2: it's great so much thanks for the opportunity to to be head coach here for 24 years Uh, it's an amazing opportunity Um, received tremendous support uh, we had a vision of, you know, building a winner, building a championship football team here. And uh, that exceeded my, my wildest dreams um, and expectations. Uh, the amount of success that we were able to achieve together, um, you know, through a lot of hard work and, you know, contributions of so many people. Um, so I'm very proud of that. And, and um, I always have those, those great memories I'll carry with those, those with me the rest of my life. Um, And, of course, after, uh, you know, Robert, um, thanks to the assistant coaches. um, You know, I've had so many great coaches uh, here. uh, They've made my job uh, so much easier. Uh, It's a long list, but, you know, the amount of work, preparation, um, and diligence that they do, um, every one of them. um, And I say this about the players and the coaches, regardless of how long they were here, how many years they were here, how many years they coached, and what the position was. Um, You know, it was a great team effort, and, and everybody you know, put everything they had into it.
1: I don't know how he got through it, I mean, I just <laughs> the emotion I know right that's but that's Belichick though would would we we would have been shocked if he would have started crying, yeah I mean we would have been stunned that's not who he is or kind of flip reversal of that
0: would have been shocked if he'd have started like airing out dirty laundry, yeah, because that's not who you he know is. like if he just said, oh, well, you know, I talked to Bob and well, we were having this conversation at a uh, Chinese massage parlor. And by the way, if you want the uh, combination of the safe, it's three, one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he just started just ripping into Robert Kraft or... Because that's not who he is. It, it, it wouldn't
1: have. Yeah, These a, guys are professional, whether you like him or not. And, I mean, they had 24 years, they had a long relationship, six titles. And here's uh, Robert Kraft on uh, belichick uh
3: we met and mutually agreed to part ways amicably and like a good marriage a successful head coach owner relationship requires a lot of hard work and i'm very proud that our partnership lasted for 24 years i don't think in the nfl there's been any other partnership that lasted longer and has been as productive as ours. I trusted my instincts to bring Bill back to New England in 2000 after immediately regretting not hiring him after working with him together in 1996. When I did hire him, I was still making the transition From the fan who bought season tickets in 71, sitting on the metal benches in the old Foxborough Stadium with my boys to try to become an experienced owner. Bill has taught me a lot over those years, and we had high expectations for what we could achieve together.
1: All right, so that's uh, Robert Kraft at uh, yesterday's press conference, so... Here's, now, now, where does Belichick go? Does he, does he decide just to call it quits? And, and just real quick, one question I have is,
0: because of the hiring of Gerard Mayo being pretty much as fast as, like, next day, Gerard Mayo is the new head coach of the New England Patriots. Like, they did not go through a long, drawn-out hiring process. Didn't go through that many interviews. They didn't even probably talk to Mike Vrabel probably weren't expecting him to be available to be honest because right. why would you fire Mike Rabel Tennessee I wonder if part of the quote amicable split I wonder if maybe Belichick said listen if you're going to let me go I want to pick my replacement
1: Could and be. I want it to be Gerard Mayo could be uh, that that wouldn't wouldn't surprise me he felt like he had earned that opportunity and Belichick is a, is a fi, you know from Kraft is a final parting gesture. They already liked Gerard Mayo and felt like sure okay we can we can make that happen. For Belichick, uh, first uh, ever sixteen zero regular season with the 07 Patriots, third coach in league history to reach three hundred regular season wins. Uh, of course, not enough though to catch Don Shula, who still has three twenty eight. Belichick has three hundred two going to take a couple seasons. We'll see if that happens. Also, his 31 postseason victories are an NFL record, by the way. So, you may not like Belichick. Here in Broncos country, most of us don't. We still relish beating them in the AFC Championship game to to win the Super Bowl, to win Super Bowl 50, but um, the guy, even with with Spygate and everything that went on, an incredible run as the coach of the Patriots. Uh, Quick text before we move on here uh, from uh, unnamed texter. Belichick to Chicago. They hold the number one pick to draft Marvin Harrison Jr., the best offensive player in the draft, to line up across from D.J. Moore. Use next pick to draft best offensive tackle on board. Uh, sick young lineup that will bring Belichick coaching win record in a season and a half. Eric and Cedar Edge. 102.1. Eric, thanks for texting in this morning. I believe first time Eric has texted. Yeah, they're going with Matt Eberflus, though, at least at the moment. Could they change their mind and go, wait a minute, Belichick's available. Sorry, Matt. But as of the moment, Matt Eberflus is still the coach of the Chicago Bears. All right. Da Bears. Da Bears. Coming up, Central Coach Mary Doan. One final text uh, from James over at Colorado uh, Craft Coffee and Beer over uh, across from, from CMU, our sponsor, Mav Day now. Uh, James, a great topic of to discussion, you no know, easy answer, and ultimately it should always fall to the parents. Good to hear from you, James. Go over there and grab a cup of coffee. Yes. One of the great coffees they have at Colorado Craft coffee and beer uh, right there uh, uh, across from Colorado Mesa, uh, just by McDonald's. All right, 8 uh, 23 and uh, time for Where in the World is Tyler Franzen? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh, tell me. Where the hell is
0: he? Well, I can't find him. You cannot hide whatever. I will find you. It's your chance to win beer today. Case of Fat Tire from New Belgian Brewery and High Country Beverage. You must be over the age of 21, and if you have won within the last two weeks, please sit it out. Otherwise, text in for your chance to win to 970-242-1340. Sorry, I got a a lot of
1: numbers in my head. No
0: problem. 970-242-1340 is the team line to text in for this. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? Clue. Picture this. You're one of, if not the greatest head coach in your profession fresh off a national title, and you play in a venue known campus-wide as the B.O. Barn. You decide that a more suitable arena is needed, and you might have promised a young Lu Alcinder that they'd have a new arena by the time he was ready to play there. So make it happen! Five million dollars later, and this is the venue we arrive at today. Where in the world is Tyler Franson?
1: All right, so you can win a case of Fat Tire from New Belgian Brewery, High Country Beverage. If you won the last two weeks, don't play. If you're not 21 or older, don't play as well. Otherwise, first correct answer wins on the team line, 970-242-1340. It's a good show. Find the best show around. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports
0: leader, the team. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan. On the team.
1: And Warriors coach Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Her team picking up the win Tuesday to open up Southwestern League play with a big win against uh, the Montrose Redhawks. Mary Doane joins us. Mary, thanks for coming on this morning.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim.
1: I think last time we talked, you were on the road uh, with your basketball team uh, last weekend, and then Tuesday night, uh, of course, uh, your, your Central Warriors girls scoring off against Montrose to open up Southwestern League play and faced a, a daunting challenge with the way Steve Skiff's team has been playing and some really talented players and Macy Oberg and Maggie Legg and Tegan and Rocco. But Christina Manzanares, what a brilliant game, 25 points, huge second half. Bryn Wagner kept getting to the foul line and, and taking advantage there. You had to love the way your team played, particularly defensively, against a really talented Montrose team to get that win.
4: Um, yes, I mean, I obviously, obviously very happy with them. And, but the first thing I want to say is, you know, first home game of the year. And it was just, it was so nice to be home and it was so nice to have, you know, our fans Um, had quite a few people there in the stands with it not being a school night. Um And so that was, that was a big part of it. A big list of our play was just being able to be home uh and play in front of, the people who
1: like us, and, and certainly the, the the home crowd was uh, was a big advantage, particularly in the fourth quarter. I mean, we were able to to really pull away in that game. We had twenty four points in the fourth quarter uh, to to move on to get that victory. So, uh, an impressive uh, job by your team twenty four to eight. You outscored them in the fourth quarter.
4: Uh, yeah, and you know I think we just uh, they picked up the defensive intensity um, going into the fourth quarter. I think we were down by seven. And, you know, they knew that it, that they needed to get it done on the defensive end. And then, you know, with that, attacking, they kind of got themselves to the free throw line. And 22-24 um, from the free throw line. So, it was a fantastic way of hitting from the charity stripe.
1: And I believe Brynn Wagner finished with 18 points. And, and, and she made a lot of hay from the foul line, didn't she?
4: She was, yeah, her and Christina both, I think, 100%. Um, well, quite a few kids a 100%, but they went the most, so... Um they did a really good job of keeping their composure and staying focused and knocking down uh free throws.
1: And and I believe I got an email on this that they, Christina Manzanares is approaching a thousand points in her career as a central warrior. Uh that, that that she's right at that mark and and so that 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 speaks to the, the way that she's played as a warrior with almost a thousand points in her career.
4: Um uh, yeah, I I think that, you know, uh, as a freshman, she was aware of Leah missing it by seventeen points, and you know her and Leah are really good friends and Leah had those ten games taken away from her her senior year and um you know, I think it's something that Christina has had in her mind that as a goal, which is fantastic, you know kids should have goals and work towards them and that's exciting for her and um but I don't think it's the end all for her, you know she's a great teammate and she, just, she wants her team to be
1: successful. Central girls basketball coach Mary Doan with us on the Team Sports Network. I know we talked about you know, your, your team is undersized and you've, you've had that. That's not a, a new problem that you've had to deal with, Mary. And, and just getting your, your players, despite the, their, their, their height, to, to, to get after it better on the glass. Do you feel like you saw that against Montrose? That's a, that's a pretty you know, good lineup, some size there. Do you feel like you saw that, saw some improvement in that regard in the win on, on what you did rebounding-wise?
4: Um, you know, absolutely at times, but rebounding is something that you got to do all the time, not just some of the time. And, and that's kind of where they took their lead, you know, third quarter, uh, they got second chance opportunities. And so, um, yeah, there was, you know, it was better, uh, it wasn't for offensive boards. It was uh, a lot, lot better, but I mean, still something that needs to be done every single time a shot goes
3: up.
1: Central girls basketball coach, Mary Doan with us on the team sports network. So uh, uh, a busy schedule coming up for you, Mary, uh, with your basketball team. And you've got uh, Glenwood coming up tomorrow for an opponent. played them and beat them last night. And it's a Glenwood team that uh, it's got some a couple of really good scores. Uh, most notably uh, Taya uh, Nykirk, who's averaging almost 13, actually over 13 points, almost 14 points per game. They're getting a double digit scoring as well from, um, uh, from uh, uh, also uh, Anastasia Shea. She's at almost 13 points per game. So it's it's a team that doesn't have a great record, but they've got a couple of really talented players in Nykirk and Shea.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, they both are. The one is very versatile. You know, she can t- post you up. Uh, she can get to um, get inside the paint by dribbling. Uh, she's very effective in the mid-range. And so she's a she's a tough matchup for everybody and then there, the guard is um you know she's quick and she also can get to the uh rim but what I've noticed is they play really well together and so they look for each other they play off of each other and um that makes a tough combo to guard so it'll be it, it's going to be a, a tough game
1: And then coming up on Tuesday I I know you're not looking this far out but uh, we'll have it here on the team with full court coverage uh, you take on Battle Mountain and La Glenn Dining has been there, leading score at seven points per game, uh, just over almost seven and a half rebounds per contest. It's a it's a one win Battle Mountain team, but uh, you know you, you never know what's going to happen. We saw that in men's college basketball the the top three teams in the nation <laughs> this week all went down. You, you never know what's going to happen, uh, despite what the record is when you, when you when you bring somebody into your building. Um, uh, I mean, this is
4: why I tell my girls this all the time. This is why Americans love their sports, and you don't. You never. It's it is the American dream. It is you don't know what's going to happen. And if any anybody has a chance, you I mean it's zero zero when the game starts. Records despite records, and so uh, yeah, I mean we're not looking past anybody. We're looking at tomorrow, or we're focused on tomorrow, and then we'll be happy to be home again on Tuesday.
1: My apologies. I want to correct the score? They're 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 four and five. They're they're not a one win team, but they're they're four and five. They're under five hundred. But Glenn Dining's been a a really good player for them. Like I said, you never, you never know uh, what you're going to get. particularly with uh, with high school basketball, so we'll have coverage of that coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, both central teams taking on Battle Mountain. Our pregame starts at five o'clock. It's full court coverage because we'll also have coverage of both Fort Monument teams at Palisade as well coming up on Tuesday. Hey, Mary, congratulations on the win. I know that uh, getting that that a little home cooking and uh, Christina Manzanaris and, and Bren Wagner playing great and your your team. Uh, Getting the job done against Montrose. That, uh, that had to be a thrill on Tuesday night. Off to a 1-0 start in league play. Appreciate the time as always.
4: Thank you, Jim. Really appreciate you. Right. Take care.
1: Likewise. Mary Down, coach of the Central Girls basketball team. Yeah, Battle Mountain's 4-5. and five. I'm sorry. I don't know why I had one, one win for them. But, I uh, wonder
0: if maybe that's the boys' team. Because I think I saw that. Because I thought I saw that record, too. A one
1: win for Battle Mountain. It, but it is the girls' team. that's 4-5 and five right now. Because They are. I'm just looking at it here on Max Preps. Uh, went against uh, Regis Groff, which I'm not sure what is Regis Groff. i familiar with Regis Jesuit, but not Regis Groff. Uh, also, they have wins against Smoky Hill and Middle Park and Basalt as well. So they are Re- four and five. Regis, one more time, Groff. G- I R- have o- no idea. Who F- at the Regis Groff Fusion. Oh, well, that uh, clears that. They're up. they're out of the Denver area. Of course, they are. <laughs> so, not familiar with that particular school. Anyway, eight thirty-six. Jim along with Cake today uh, gets predictions for Super Wildcard Weekend. Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time. How about that? Huh? That's that's going to be interesting. How how will Lion Lions fans react to him? I would, I would think that they would be, I, I would think that they would give him a, a standing ovation, a round of applause. Guy was a warrior when he played there, playing some really bad teams. He was always one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I remember it was his rookie year, played with a separated shoulder, non-throwing shoulder. I think it might have been a game against the Browns, if if memory serves me correctly, where yeah, where they were able to get the win. And I, I just, I just think that he's. He's still respected and loved by Lions fans. So,
0: totally random fact, but you mentioned that separated shoulder Browns comeback win that he had. The footage of that from NFL films is the longest uncut clip in NFL films history because they showed it from the first play where he went down. They hold on to Stafford, follow him through to the sideline. Then when he comes back in, throws the game when he touchdown, and then when he goes back to the sideline, and he's like, "It's out, my shoulder's out." He, but he was still fighting to go in and play, and it it was a, again longest uncut NFL films clip in, in its history, and I think of I think Lions fans are smart to know, you don't boo Matthew Stafford when he comes back to
1: Detroit. No, I, I
0: think they're gonna. I think they're going to give him his fair due at the pregame. They'll give him the the warm welcome or as warm a welcome as they can, and then game game on.
1: Yeah, they, they should they should pay tribute to him. Guy played his butt off. You know, seldom yeah. complained about things in Detroit. You know, ends up getting traded to the Rams. They, he got his wish he wanted out of there, and they they get Jared Goff and Jared Goff. Was supposed to be kind of the, he was the throw in. Okay, we got a quarterback. We'll, well, he'll give us a bridge for a couple of years until we draft somebody. And Jared Goff has turned into being somewhat of the answer in Detroit. Now he is taking them to to something that Matthew Stafford never did, and that was a NFC North championship.
0: You almost wonder if maybe you go so far in celebrating Matthew Stafford that it actually like kind of psychologically. Helps you a bit, right? Because remember when Peyton Manning went back to Indianapolis as a Bronco? They had this giant tribute to him, and you could tell Peyton was getting emotional. And then Broncos came out, and they kind of stunk. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know how much of a celebration that the Lions have planned for Stafford. I just a video, just, just a just a video like a, fine because that's because it's a playoff game. Yeah, regular season game. I'm probably more okay with a bigger celebration of of coming back and acknowledging what he did. Playoff game, man. It's like, video tribute. Loved you while you're here. Now we're going to kick your butt. Right. (laughs) Because it's a playoff game, my friend.
0: Uh, By the way, to uh, uh, answer your question, Battle Mountain boys team is only a one-win team. So it's a boys, yes. Boys team, they're
1: currently one and ten. And that's who Central Boys will have them on Tuesday night. All right, uh, Stephen on the team line this morning. Good morning, Stephen. Mayo had successor language written into his contract extension. Atlanta best place for Belichick. Nice. Stephen, Stephen doesn't want him to go to Washington. There's some reports that, Bella, that Belichick wants to stay on the East Coast. He does not want, like the Chargers job would not interest him because he doesn't want to be in California, He doesn't want to go to to the West Coast. Well, and you know what? The Raiders' job may not interest him because it's on the western half of the country, so.
0: And if, you know, if Dan Snyder were still in charge of the Washington franchise, currently soon to be formally known as the Commanders, then that call has already been made because you know darn well Dan Snyder would have been like, we gotta get Bill Bill Belichick. I mean, that's, you know, Washington is the land where Famous coaching careers go to die. Mike Shanahan,
1: um, Joe Gibbs part duh. Well, but you know, but but, but Joe Gibbs though. Let's Joe Gibbs won Super Bowls. I mean, let's let's be fair to Joe Gibbs. No, he did first time around. Joe Gibbs was really really successful.
0: That's what I'm saying though. Is first time around Joe Gibbs Hall of Famer, legendary. Hey, let's bring that guy back. He's a hall of famer. He knows what he's doing.
1: <laughs> sort of. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a bad run for the Redskins slash Commander slash whatever football team. Josh Harris may call them next. All right, eight forty one. Got a lot of texts. We're going to get to those. Uh, do we have a winner yet for "Where in the World is Tyler?" Friends, we do. Okay.
3: <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest another winner on the Team Sports Network.
0: Kenny! Kenny! Kenny with the uh, correct answer today. The good old Pauley Pavilion, University of California, Los Angeles. Built in 1965 because John Wooden said, we play in a 1,000 seat crap building named the BO Barn, and I've got Soon to be known as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor,
1: Bill Walton on the horizon.
0: Bill Walton on the horizon. Yeah, please, God, build us an actual arena. And they did, and the rest is history. Dear Lord,
1: build me an arena (laughs) worthy of these basketball giants to play in. Exactly. And I, I kind of doubt that John Wooden ever used the word crap. (laughs) No, I just don't think he probably ever did. Probably not. I think John Wooden's kind of man, if his mouth was full of poo, he wouldn't say it. Nope. It seemed like he was that kind of straight-laced guy. Exactly. All right, 843. Uh, We'll take a break. We'll come back. We got a lot of text. And if you want to text on any of the things we've been talking about today, the California Youth Football proposed under-12 ban predictions for Super Wildcard Weekend. We'll have our picks coming up at about 920 this morning. Also, top of next hour, Broncos uh, Super Bowl 50 champion. Ryan Harris will join us. We'll preview wildcard weekend and get his thoughts on what's going on with the Broncos. What's next in Ryan Harris's opinion for the Broncos. So we'll have that coming up at the top of next hour. We'll take a break and come back with more on the Jim Davis show on the team sports network online at the team 1340.com.
0: Good morning, gentlemen. What are the haps? The Jim Davis show on Colorado's sports leader, The team.
1: Welcome back. 847. Ryan Harris set to join us next hour. Let's see. Got one from Robert. Good morning, team. I love Frank Sinatra, but like Paterno and Jackson, he carries an ugly reputation. Jackie Mason, a somewhat famous comedian who passed uh, recently, blamed Sinatra when Jackie got his jaw broken by a thug in a dark parking lot. Apparently the thug hit him and then said knock off the Sinatra bit. Jackie's poking fun at the Sinatra-Mia Farrow marriage. The joke was about when Frank and Mia got ready for bed. Frank took off his toupee while Mia was putting in her retainer. Frank didn't appreciate Jackie's sense of humor. Okay, it's, it's an interesting story, Robert, about Frank Sinatra. It's an interesting take. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I, I just, the, the Paterno and Michael Jackson thing, That's Frank Sinatra never was accused of ignoring child sexual abuse or committing child sexual abuse. Frank Sinatra was a complicated man, but we've never had those allegations against him, like... Possible ties to organized crime, but... Yeah, yeah. exactly, yes, organized crime ties, but... Yeah, okay, uh... Let's see. All right, it's a very long text, which I do not have time to read, I'm sorry. Um... About CTE studies, things like that, about younger players. Um... You know, it's about flag football. It, which benefits smaller, faster kids. There's there are things about flag flag football that don't necessarily help in kids developing the skills to play tackle football, particularly bigger kids like linemen. It doesn't flag football doesn't help develop offensive lineman or defensive lineman necessarily. It's a very long text. I, I can
0: yeah. I can sort of piecemeal some of this and and. Thank you to the texter for texting it we, yeah. we appreciate it. We want this kind of right ongoing dialogue. the The thing is though, there's a few things here. He says in the first first part that there's no scientific study that's taken the brains of twelve or younger football players and found c t e
1: but we can though say that kids that older kids that start playing younger you know football and they are young <laughs> there's there has been that ability to to use that information to try to assess what, what kind of impact youth football well, has. Well, but more over to the point. But, but he's right, though, because you can't, you're not, no, no child has died and they haven't taken their, have not taken out their brain and looked at it and, and that's, found that.
0: And that's the key is that you cannot, and, it, you know, we CTE has kind of become the, as, uh, I don't, uh, as bad as it is to say, it has become somewhat of a punchline. You know, it, it's it's taken on this weird sort of morbid joke, um, but the the real truth of the matter is is that you cannot diagnose a living brain with CTE. It is only a post mortem diagnosis.
1: So that's probably why, right? And and the text goes on to talk about his son playing youth, you know, youth baseball, club baseball. And the kids, when they, as they get older, the sport they invest more time in is the one they're going to play. So if, if a kid can't play tackle football until he's 12, and he's playing baseball, though, maybe he's playing flag football, he's probably more inclined to stick with baseball or, whatever, or basketball or whatever sport he's playing.
0: I like this line, too, here that says, um, flag football is not much fun for the Husky 100-pound 10-year-old. Well, as a former... Husky, 100-pound, 10-year-old, I can tell you no physical activity was all that fun, to be honest. And wasn't really all that fun being a 100-pound Husky, 10-year-old anyway. So I don't know what, you know, I
3: don't know Fine. if...
1: Well, and the and references the bill in California is going to push kids to other sports. They're already seeing a decline in high school football numbers in the state of California. And so this is certainly not going to help that. No. Well, let see, and I, I, I want to acknowledge that... With with football, like there are with with, with soccer, because soccer has a high high number of concussions and and brain trauma injuries that have come with with playing soccer as well. There's there's no clear cut answer here, and that's why you you do the research and you make a decision what your kid wants to do and I and and what you what you feel comfortable having your child do. But I'm not ready to go blanket because I, I love football. That oh it's it's. Having your kid play football is like having them smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol. <laughs> to use somebody's analogy from earlier. Uh tongue in cheek on that, by the way. Very I want to be clear. I'm not gonna do that because there are plenty of things that kids do and that people do that that are not nothing is one hundred percent safe, or very few things are one hundred percent safe. And but man, I, I I love playing football. My son loved playing football. Unfortunately for Nick, went through some things that that forced him to not play football anymore. But I, I think if you asked him, he, he was, you know, playing football for him was something that, that meant an awful lot to him. The relationships he had, the friendships he's had, and, and the friendships he had in high school. And it was tough for him to to stop playing in high school when he did. But I don't think he regrets playing. I think you know, with some of the the things that have happened because of it. I mean, that certainly was a, a a downside to it, and something that, as a parent, obviously concerned me. Right. I, I just feel like though you can't put this blanket thing on. Not everybody has this. Not everybody goes through something like playing high school football or youth football the same way, and just to have a blanket. Well, it's too dangerous, and nobody should play at this age. I have I have a problem with that. I just do. And, you know, and, and, and the texture's right. There's a, because there's not the chance to really do it so much as that they that they, they nobody's you know opened up a the brains you know unfortunately of a of 11 year old kid to look for CTE. You know it's a cumulative kind of thing. I just feel like we've come a long way in dealing with with head injuries, concussions, these kind of things, and the game has never been safer than it is now. And to me, I, I can't sit here and say, hey, don't, go have your kid play because there shouldn't be any concerns. There's concerns with any sport that you play. Exactly. Baseball, line drive back up the middle, stops your heart like the Demar Hamlin situation. That's happened before. That's why heart guard was a big thing for several years ago. We're in a heart guard, if you're a pitcher, if you got hit in the chest, to stop your heart from beating. There's the Demar Hamlin thing had nothing to do with a head injury situation. Had nothing to do ne- necessarily specifically with football. It was a, he took a hit at the right or the wrong rhythm of his heart and it stopped his heart and thank God he was okay. Thank God he's doing well. I I just think you can't get it crazy on, well, it's just too dangerous for any kid to play at this age and, and having, having a governmental body tell you that your kid can't play. Uh, Eric and Cedar Edge, gymnastics and cheerleading are dangerous. Yes, they are another sport that has a lot of concussions a lot of a lot of injuries associated with the two sports that do do we ban them for preteens as well well
0: i would but that's a <laughs> personal vendetta i have against cheerleading and
1: that that's a that's a rabbit hole we don't have time wow. to get into wow i get get a personal beef with cheerleading huh absolutely i do okay well i but again we don't have time for it i don't run I, up against break I, so rachel didn't was not a cheerleader so i have not experienced that so i don't know but the, it but Eric is right. I mean those are those are sports that have the there's danger involved with them. Absolutely there is. We don't tell preteen kids you can't do that. Well um you know, the, so,
0: never mind the unwritten danger of USA gymnastics once had Dr. Larry Nasser in, yeah. in their well, operations. That's, that's so. a,
1: yeah, that's a an, new Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Anyway, if you got some other thoughts about this. More text, we'll get to those as well next hour. Ryan Harris Works for Westwood. Former Broncos Super Bowl champion joins us now.